0: The clock is now running on the Playbook Podcast, the podcast where you take a deeper dive into the game of business, leadership, teamwork, character, the things that drive your motivation and build dedication. When you get a good look at the game plan of great business leaders, you start to formulate your own playbook and your own rise to the top. Make your next play your best play. And now, here are today's game captains, Glenn Amaral and Andy Phillips. Let's go! And welcome back to the Playbook Podcast. Andy Phillips joining me as always is Glenn Amaral. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing great. I got my headphones. Check me out. You look fantastic. You're I know. Right? <laughs> you got the headphones working. You sound great. Um, I know. So this episode is just you and I. And uh, for those of you that uh, have listened to us in the past, A, we appreciate it. But B, you're used to us uh, you know, putting questions on the tee for our, our interviewees to to swing at. And uh, this is a time for us to do two things. We want to thank everyone. Uh, You know, we started this project back in, uh, you know, January of uh, this year. So now that we're ending the year um, we wanted to a thank everyone for listening. Thanks for all the support. Uh, We appreciate it. And then we also wanted to kind of just, again, peel back the curtain of who me and Glenn are because it's uh, you know, we, we try to do our best to highlight the, person we're interviewing because we have such great leaders and business people that come on our podcast that we want to highlight them and we want to kind of just stay out of it, you know, really just, uh, you know, quarterback the thing a little bit, but let them make the plays. And uh, so we wanted to kind of spend a year since you've heard Glenn and I do a podcast, just us two together. So we wanted to do that for uh, you guys and we're just going to freewheel this thing. We're going to still do a first half, a halftime and a second half, but um, there's not going to be much of a, uh, we're not going to box in anything. It's going to be not much open. substance, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, but hey, it's but not going to be, you know, we're not going to stick the categories. We're just going to let it in. flow, right? This is fun because mm. for those of you that are watching, maybe on Facebook and see the video, those of you aren't though, we have no notes in front of us. We have, we didn't prep for this. We, this is just, this is as if you're walking into uh, our office on a Monday morning and me and Glenn are game planning. but. Uh, more, you know, direct questions. So with that being said, Glenn, I want to kick this thing to you. All right. So this is a question I like for you because I know you. So uh, in our, in our line of business, there's many ways that you can meet people. There's many ways that you can get in front of an organization to talk about the risk management programs. One of the ways is through your centers of influences, which are just building your network of people that refer you because they know the type of person you are that refer you because they know the kind of work that you do. You have an unbelievable center of influence, unbelievable network. Talk to me a little bit and our, and our listeners a little bit about the importance that has, uh, how important that's been for you in your career and your, in your, you really your rise, uh, throughout the last few. Well, that makes me sound good. Um, okay. it is a great
1: point though. You really do need to surround yourself, um, with great people. And, and one of the things, uh, as you know, you're up in the Lehigh Valley and um, I'm down here more in Southeastern Pennsylvania. And one of the things that really got me rolling was uh, the mainline chamber of commerce. So uh, shout out to them, but um, just going to um, um, the meetings whenever they had a meeting, getting to know people. And before you know it, you walk into a room and you know, people, and then that just kind of blossomed to, you know, joining the Rotary so you can make a difference in your community. And you also get to to meet some great people. And it just, uh, you know, it's it's a time commitment. It's not something it's like, hey, hi, I'm here. Um, send me some business. It's right. It's really, um, you know, how you put it as a priority. You know, like if you get in a uh, uh, on a board of directors for a charity. Do it for the right reasons and good things will come.
0: I love that. And you, you, you do a tremendous job at that. And it's because you're just yourself. You're not there. Like you said, you're not walking in and asking people for business. You're walking in and you're just figuring out ways you can help whatever it is. If it's the rotary, if it's the chamber, you're just there to be yourself, meet great people. And then it's a cherry on top. If it ends up turning into business for you.
1: Right. And, and just being a resource, you know? Sometimes it's like, Hey, here's a good restaurant to go. Just being a a, a person, not, you know, forcing the, uh, the issue because, you know, when you become a resource then people come to you, I mean, and it's, it's really who I am. And I think it's who you are as well. So it just kind of comes naturally. So it's
0: it's not forced. It's a two way street. You Mm -hmm. can't just expect them to, you know, give you referrals. You have to know what they do and know what they're looking for and do the same their way as well.
1: Oh, exactly. You know, I'm super excited when I can refer somebody to, you know, one of my, um, somebody in my circle of influence that's just an amazing person and they do a great job. That feels good. No doubt. I mean, and that doesn't come lightly. So it's it's really important that you do get to know people because if you just refer people for the sake of referring, it can, (laughs) you know, turn around and bite you for sure. It
0: won't last long.
1: No, no, not at all. So, Andy, my question to you is: We've started this uh, podcast in uh, 2020, in the beginning, right? 2021, I guess, uh, January. See, I'm
0: losing track of years in this. Yeah, uh, well, we 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 started talking about it in the end of 2020, but it didn't kick off till the first quarter of 2021,
1: right? So, in this past year, what have you seen? And you know, talking to your you know your customers, your partners, and what are you seeing? What has changed from the pandemic? I hate to, I know it's, people are sick of it, but it's a reality. Things have changed in the business landscape. And how do you see it affecting um, your business owners that you know, and how have they handled it?
0: The biggest change is the labor shortage. And a lot of times, especially if you're in the construction, you know, HVAC contractor, whatever world you're in, it's there's there's a shortage of, of workers. And it's not just the number of workers, it's the number of quality workers. And that is that can affect you long term. And what I mean by that is there's the obvious. If I'm a contractor and I don't have, you know, I'm used to having 40 employees and I only have 20, well, safe to say you're probably only able to do about half the jobs and bid on half the jobs that you're used to doing. So obviously that's affecting you. But there's the other factor of I'm still trying to hire people and they're not as good. And, and right, that's that. That's a point that I was uh, I was getting at. Now you come into two issues. Yeah, you come into a your quality of work. How does that how how does that affect your business? Is it still so high quality? Are these people doing the job that they're supposed to do, just taking longer, or is it affecting the product? But also, it's affecting your risk management. It's affecting mm-hmm. your safety because if the worker. They might be skilled at the profession, but if they don't have the passion for it or the care, they're not going to care about the safety that goes along with it. And that's when claims happen. That's when injuries happen. That's when things worse than an injury could happen. And that's the last thing you want. And that affects you long term, as we know, because your claims history ultimately affects what you're spending on your insurances going forward. And that's going to be an issue that we've already, I think, seen and we're going to keep seeing is. As these lower um, numbers, lower numbers, lower number of workers and people who want to work in the trades industries, it's either going to be the companies are losing revenue because they can't find the workers to bid on the jobs that they're allowed. I mean, I have people tell me all the time I could do more work. I don't have the employees or you're going to be hiring people that are going to be a total risk and, Either way, I think it's dangerous. Either way, I think it's scary. I, I think people are going to figure it out. I, I mean, if people could get through 2020, I think people will be okay. But I, that's my scare. That's my worry, especially in the the trades world and the contractors world. It,
1: it really seems like the powers with the uh, employee right now, and they're exerting their power. And it is true because I've heard you know businesses are lowering their standards. Right. Um, to hire people because you have to have to get uh, bodies in there. I mean, it's like I have an addiction. It's called coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been going to like trying to hit a Starbucks when I'm out visiting somebody. And it's like they close at one o'clock or they're drive drive through only. So and they're offering a lot. They're offering, you know, you know, education, I mean, all kinds of perks, and they're still having trouble getting people. So it's uh, interesting times, and, uh, you know, it's, sure. it's going to be something that uh, I think that business is going to innovate. I think it's the way we look at at employment is going to change. Agreed. And whoever Agreed. leads that, um, you know, that fight is going to be the winner.
0: I want to put you on the spot, and it has – It's similar to your question you asked me, but it's more directed at you personally. What has been the biggest challenge you've personally had in your professional career over the last year or so, maybe two years? What has been something that you've had that maybe I'm not saying a failure. I'm saying just like something that you've maybe had to emphasize more because it's now become an issue, or it could be as simple as you lost an account and you had to go back and do some self-scouting of how did we lose this? What has been maybe some challenges? that you've faced the last couple of years that you've uh, had to work on overcoming?
1: Well, I've been, been rather fortunate, I guess the last year or so, um, my retention has been really good. And, you know, some of, um, when you do lose an account, which I've lost accounts, um, you do have to to reflect and, you know, sometimes it's totally on me. Like I could have done a better job. Not, and I guess you could appreciate that it's like coach speech. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It falls to me. I could have done a better job. Buck stops Uh, here. So, but, but it's true. Like, uh, you know, was I neglectful? Did I get lazy? And, you know, I try to constantly think about that so I can, you know, every couple months you got to remind yourself to, to really put yourself out there and for sure, you know, because, you know, if you're not there, somebody else is going to be there. So I think, you know, what happened during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, I I was just out there talking to people, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't even have to be insurance. So that taught me to, you know, just deepen my relationships, you know, so I, I think when things like this come down the pike, you kind of get a little bit stronger. And as I was telling you before, I had a, you know, a huge, I have a huge claim going on and there's things that just Aren't covered. Right. Right. So how do you deal with that? I mean, a lot of people's natural inclination is to just kind of give short answers and, you know, let the adjuster take care of it. But as I told you, I get kind of it's like you got to go into the uh run into the fire and you'll get less burned. And it's yeah. really coming coming true because they know that they call me at any time. I pick up the phone, I deal with it. Sometimes they're not happy and that's okay. I'm there to deal with it and and take it, even though it's nothing I've necessarily I've done wrong. Yep. But what I've done right is is not
0: run away from it, face I it. I like how you how you said if it's not you, someone else is going to be talking to them. And mm-hmm. it reminds me of when uh, when I signed in Green Bay, I got the uh, probably the best word of advice you can get when you sign with an NFL team, and it's just simply old saying in the NFL. The day you get signed, they're looking for your replacement. Now, it's not as drastic <clears throat> in our world, mm-hmm. but it's true. It's, and that's why building the relationship is so important for us. But again, it's if you're AWOL for a little bit, if you're, you know, too busy to check in, I mean, you better be wary because somebody else might be.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got me thinking. I mean, today, what I'm going to do is just check in with people, see how they're doing. Rick. Because Absolutely. that's just as important as trying to get new business, and worrying lot, about. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, you talked about retention earlier. If you know your retention goal might be you know ninety five percent for the year, your winning an account goal is not near ninety five percent. It's a lot easier
1: right. to <laughs> win an account.
0: Right? I mean, can you imagine if you walked into every uh, you know proposal you did and you had a ninety five percent chance of winning? I mean, that's just not how it is. So it's uh, you know value the people that you are working with value them. value because that's why I look at it, that's what you look at it we're working with these people we're on the same team to right make this their is, experience better this is really like therapy
1: Andy <laughs> you know I'm like okay I gotta do this I mean should, that's should really why I do it out? it's like you know I, I hope you know and I'd love to hear what other people that have listened to this think and and what they've gotten out of any of our our episodes and the people we've talked to I mean there's so much that I get so if I'm the only one that it, it benefits, that's great because I've learned a lot from, from you and anybody else I talk to. And, and I try to always be, a, you know, kind of a
0: open. And that's the best part about a podcast is not every podcast is going to resonate with everybody. Not every part of the podcast is going to mean as much. But if you get one thing, if you take away one thing mm-hmm. that like, hey, you know, that relates to me, that helps me. It's like it's like a good movie. Sometimes. You know, I don't know how many scenes there are in a movie. Let's say there's mm-hmm. 15 different scenes. Very likely at the end of the movie, two scenes are going to stick in your head. Right, right. Because they're the ones that resonate with you or the most impactful. So, you know, that's been fun for us. And I agree. Like every time we're interviewing somebody, me and you take so much away from it. Um, And I'd like to hear from people. So, again, if you're listening, we'd love to hear you. Comment at us on LinkedIn. Andy Phillips or Glenn Amarel. Uh, or the iconic Agency, and just let us know maybe some of your favorite episodes. Let us know maybe uh, a specific talking point that you liked, and uh, we'd love to hear some feedback. Yeah, or what you'd like to see us do better. Absolutely, which, again, you might not have enough characters on LinkedIn to be able to do that because I'm sure there's going to be a lot that you have to write in that section. <laughs> so I don't know if there's 140 limit like there is on Twitter, but uh, you need to send us an email uh, of a chapter book of, hey, guys, you need to do this, 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 this better. We understand. I got you. So, um,
1: as we go um, go into twenty uh, twenty two, crazy. What are your thoughts? Where do you what do you think are the biggest risks from a you know risk management? Because really, as as we talk all the time, is is what's happened in the insurance industry is we've become a commodity, right? And so, if somebody thinks we're a commodity, it's not even worth working uh, with them. So we care about the bottom line. What's the
0: biggest risk that's going to affect the bottom line in 22. So do you actually want to know I'm, I'm taking this in a completely different route than I'm sure you're expecting. Okay. I'm sure you're expecting me to say something like, Oh, cyber or, you know, umbrella limits or this, that's all stuff we need to talk about, but that's what it comes down to. I think the biggest risk, especially today is lack of communication. I think, we have to be very clear with every single person we talk to about what they're covered for and what they're not. I think that mm-hmm. is almost the biggest risk that we can have is not informing people, maybe changes in the policy. And I'll give you an right. example. You know, I had a, a, a renewal client or a, re, a client with a renewal and uh, their property coverage. And there was a huge difference in the policy. The old was replacement cost; the other one was actual. Right. Little things like that that, you know, I can't speak for other agents in our industry, but if you don't go over it, do they really know? Are they going to ask you? You know, it depends on the client. Some people aren't as detailed. So it's up to us to be, you know, because we I think we both have seen interesting claims this year. And you mm-hmm. talk about your big one. <laughs> right. We both have seen some interesting claims this year. And if we didn't have the communication up front about some things, you know, and hey, what you're comfortable, what you're not, that's the biggest risk to, to us. And really to them, because sometimes you can talk things out so there's not surprises and so there's not that big shock. The last thing you want is somebody to have a claim and then to think, oh, I hope I'm covered. Yeah, you want them to right. know yes or no. You want them to know yes or no, like, oh, we got coverage, or they recommended this, you know, this insurance, and we didn't get it. So we know we're not covered. Like to me, communication and really lack thereof, lack thereof is the biggest risk in my opinion, because I think we're to the point in our, where we're at, well, we're bringing up just about everything, you know, it's no longer, yeah. it's no longer that cyber is just a throw and we don't talk about Now we bring it up every time. So I think communication is huge because there really shouldn't be any missed, missed well, opportunity. I
1: mean, now, <clears throat> excuse me, cyber is, um, was a throw in and now we're looking at a uh, million dollar limits. Correct. And now that's like, phew, that's and, so and yeah. yesterday, and now it's like two million, five million. And it's uh and so and to a huge communicate we need to uh, communicate it. I mean, the cost of uh, you know, these phishing attacks, ransomware is amazing. I mean, to requote what we've said probably, you know, hundreds of times, 60% of small businesses are gonna get hacked. And a lot of them are gonna go out of business.
0: Which for the non-math <laughs> wizards out there. That means if you're a small business, it's more than likely you're going to get hacked than it isn't. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Wow, you're. I mean, hey, that education in your this, head is yours. Is, man, This isn't just a hat rack up here,
1: right? I mean, I, now everybody that has uh, a cyber policy, you know, standalone, it's got to have a multi-factor authentication. I actually yep. remembered it. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh,
1: MFA, it's, right?
0: That's right. And the key again is. It's up to us to communicate it. Right. The biggest, because and- ri- how, how are they, how do, how do we expect our clients who, let's face it. I, I had a great, I had a, a great, you know, very knowledgeable person, person who's been in this industry for 40 years. Tell me you, and you talk about insurance every day. We do. We talk about insurance mm-hmm. almost every day, uh, especially every day of the work week. You're the insured, the company talks about it a couple of times a year. So to expect them to know everything that's going on in the market trends and in the highest risk in the new areas like you're talking about, it's it's foolish of us to assume they know that. So it's up to us to communicate it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the most important pages of our proposal probably is our recommendations. 100%. And not just say, hey, here's our recommendations, but to actually say, hey, you know, flood, cyber, you know, really just kind of. Let it. people know it's like at the end of the day, it's the customer's choice. But to know that they were recommended, those those coverages, because you're going to wish you had flood if you flooded, even though you haven't flooded it, flooded in 100
0: years or whatever. We're, we're advisors. Mm-hmm. We give our advice. End of the day, it's up to you or they want to take certain things, but it's up to us to advise. So absolutely. All righty, Glenn. Halftime. For those of you that have not listened to us before, halftime is a ten random questions that are sometimes one word, sometimes a small explanation. It's a lightning round per se, and I want to do that still with you, Glenn. I want to, and I typically do this with our guests, so you can have your coffee break. And uh, if I want to do this with you, and I want to give you just, I'll be 10, back. I'm gonna go get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Question number 1 of the lightning round. Are you ready? Oh boy. I'm I'm as ready as I'll ever be, I guess. <laughs> when did you first start drinking coffee? And I know you drink it straight black now. How did you start drinking it? Uh I drank it like sludge in in college because when
1: you're uh you know a single uh, young man in college and you got to study, it's like eh, there's no cream, there's no sugar, so you just uh force it down and that's how it it became a reality, and it's uh, so much. As much as I coffee I drink, it saves a lot of calories.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and I uh, when I started drinking it, I I was like, All right, I'm just gonna drink this straight and black because I don't want to get into the scenario where I'm somewhere and they don't have cream and sugar and I can't have my coffee. So I just started drinking. I'm like probably not gonna like it anyways, but I'll get used to it. And after a couple of cups, I liked it. So yeah, absolutely. I got a coffee bar now. I'm excited. I've seen. Oh, I I saw where it was going to be. Glenn's making some reservations, and it looks fantastic. But I haven't seen the full coffee bar. You just show me where it's going to be. Absolutely. Well, you have to come over and have some coffee. Absolutely. We'll get wired. All right. (laughs) Uh, Second question is, if you could go back to college and you're not allowed to be in the insurance industry, what would you, going in as a freshman, what would you want to major in?
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, these, these three here are tough. You know, the like if I were the first going after- back now, I mean, cause when I went to college, yeah, it no, was different. It's uh, as if you're 18 years old today, like in the year I, 2021. Um, I would
1: definitely, um, marketing. Okay. Because there's so much to learn. So, you know, I mean, there's the creative, there's the analytics and, and it's the future and it's something you need to know. And, I wish I knew more about it. I like it. Um, I like it. So I think that would be useful for whatever you decide to do. Okay. So, for example, if you started a, um, you know, any type of business, a, a bakery, and you had that skill set, man, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> I
0: like it. I like it. I like right. bakeries too. <laughs> <laughs> you do like bakeries. All right. I'm going to throw three sports out to you. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Of these three sports, you have you get to play one the rest of your life. You get to watch one for the rest of your life. And the other one is as if as if it doesn't exist to you for the rest of your life. All right. Football, golf, and basketball. So you get to play one the rest of your life, you get to watch one the rest of your life, and the other one does not exist in Glenn Amrell's world anymore. Oh. Play for the rest of my life would be golf. That felt that easy made, after I said it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want
1: to play what? football. What's that? You don't want to play football? No, <laughs> my body hurts just thinking about it. Um, and then football would be my uh, watch
0: for the rest of my life. And the Sixers King. Sorry, Ben. Go to hell for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That was that was a gimme. I'm gonna get harder now. Oh boy, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. You get to go to one vacation destination for a week's time, all expenses paid. You can bring one person with you. I'm assuming it would be your wife, Mary. Where would you go? What is the dream vacation? Cost does not matter. COVID does not matter in this scenario. My dream vacation would be to, um,
1: you know, I think Greece. But you know what? My wife loved Italy so much. I've never been there. And to see her joy and to uh, I mean, how could you go wrong um, I, to
0: check out the Amalfi Coast or I mean, it's just got to be phenomenal for a guy that loves wine and pizza? I would go to Italy and maybe never come back. <laughs> well, that's what she said. She says, I'd love to go and never come back. I mean, it's uh, that's my dream as well. So that's that's. Mm-hmm. What saying, all right. What was your very first car? Year, make model color if you have it uh it was a a
1: white honda civic and your make a model what am i forgetting i think it was uh gosh i don't even remember i think it was like uh 1978
0: next question what's your dream car your make model color
1: well I'm not a super car guy i mean i'd love to have a like a what is it a mercedes like uh, the AMG. Okay. Yeah.
0: What color? Um, I think I'd go black. Yeah. Mercedes looks great. The the, the black mean, Mercedes just, just look fantastic. Yeah, it's on it's you, on
1: my my bucket list, but uh, you know. We'll do you like
0: people... the Mercedes that have the the big Mercedes logo right there on the front, or do you like the one that sticks up like the pendant?
1: Mm, I That's think more of an the, old school look, but it's yeah. Classic.
0: Yeah, I think
1: I I like the new school.
0: It looks pretty cool. The new school? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, You're a big coffee guy. Yes. If you had to give up coffee, A, I'd pray for you. But if you had to give Mm -hmm. up coffee, what would your drink of choice in the morning be? Would you go – would you be like a Diet Coke guy? Would you be an orange juice? Would you be a hot tea? What would you go to? Well, 100% not
1: Diet Coke. i (laughs) I accidentally had like one sip of that. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I have no use for soda if you're not putting Jack Daniels in it. So I would definitely go with, uh, I go with hot tea. Okay. There's something about the experience. It's not so much the, um, you know, the drink itself. Like when you sit, you know, out on your deck or out in your patio, or it's just a it's nice always. experience. Just drinking your coffee and
0: reflecting. I like it. I like it. It's so I'll deep. do it with tea, a little honey in it. Okay. Like a little hot water and honey even (laughs) i'm not a big tea guy so i'd probably lean to hot water and lemon or something but yeah lemon and honey it sounds like you could use some of that right now (laughs) yeah yeah i have a sinus infection for those of you that don't know (laughs) um anyway all right we have two more i believe two or three we'll say two all right glenn has had many jobs (laughs) what was the strangest one now you've I don't want just in one day or you've had to, you had to hold this position for at least three months. What do you think the, the strangest job you ever uh, had was? Strange uh, relative, I know.
1: Strange yeah, certainly relative. Oh my gosh. Um, well, the, the hardest job I had. Okay. Uh, which was kind of strange. I mean, not something that I was in between, between jobs. When I was a young man and I worked on a landfill, uh, putting the tarp down on it. And then you you sew these pieces together all the way up the hill. But I mean, you're carrying for like 12 hours straight um, 50 pound bags. Wow. And you're just watching people drop off because they can't handle it. So that just kind of drives me Motivate. <laughs> to, you know, to last. But and one month of that and you get shredded. So I need to uh, sign me up for a landfill. I need to get sh- I need to get shredded again. Uh, I love it. All those right, last might question. be gone.
0: <laughs> last question, Glenn. You are a uh, you love steak. I know you do. Mm-hmm. So you get to sit down with a nice fillet, nice uh, nice meal. You get to invite, and they will accept three famous people. Now I say famous, so our listeners know who they are. You get to invite three famous people. I'm not doing the whole dead or alive thing. They must be alive. They must be alive. We're going to go with must be alive. You get to go to dinner, say this weekend at your favorite steakhouse. And you can invite three people who will guarantee say yes. Famous. Who are you inviting? Oh boy. Um,
1: well, I'm going to invite um, Mick Jagger. Cause that's gotta be a great story, right? <laughs> I love it. Not what I expected. <laughs> uh, and Of course, Mick Jagger would probably want Warren Buffett there because that'd be fun, right? (laughs) That's a lot of money. I'm going to just bring lots of money to the table. And I'm going to bring Bradley Cooper. Okay. And why? Um, Because he's an Eagles fan. Okay. That's cool. He's from around here. And um, he hasn't had a drink in some time, so it's something I have in common with him. So I'd like to, you know, especially in his position, that's got to be quite a challenge, so.
0: That is fantastic, and that concludes <laughs> halftime with the most random dinner of all time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if all I right, can pull half, that
0: off? That'd be great. Absolutely. Second half, we got say all five right. to ten minutes here, so right. you can kick it off.
1: All right. Um, so we we've covered a lot of you know um, with the cyber and and the employee problems uh, with businesses. How does the supply chain? Issues come into play with um with your customers and,
0: and what you're seeing out there in the business world. I mean supply chain in general, everything's more expensive. I right. Mean, so cost of yeah, the containers so, coming
1: in. So I how-
0: mean, I, I look at I look at a few things. I think talk about we already talked about you know actual cash value and replacement costs, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the numbers on this, but I'd imagine your your property renewals might be a little more expensive right? or the, or it, because of the value of your building to replace will probably go up because materials are more expensive, right? Like little things like that. I think you're going to be an issue. The other end of it is people's budgets are going to be a little bit tighter mm-hmm. because they're not having to shelve up more for, you know, supply chain stuff where now these renewals, if we come in, used to be you come in 5% higher, it's not the end of the world. Well, mm. It might be end the world if they're paying triple the amount for lumber you know what i mean so right i I think it affects a couple of them. I think it affects possibly some renewal numbers but in the property region but I also think it affects uh, the budget of our of our clients.
1: yeah and, and really uh you know the supply chain even obviously the the labor falls in the supply chain and, and something I, I neglected to mention is what happens when you got to pay your workers more? And workers' comp is rated on payroll, right? Yep. So they're doing the same thing, same risk, except the rating value, what you rated on, has gone up. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, so there's so many things to like consider.
0: You, it's not like other areas where you can, you know, rate it on sales numbers. Well, right. If you have higher sales, that means you made more money that you can pay. That makes sense. But yeah, like you said, payroll. If you're just having to pay people higher. Yeah, and, and some things are rated on payroll too. Um, so there's so exactly. many,
1: so many things that are facing um, you know, with the supply chain, which includes everything. I mean, it's, you know, it's really driving costs. So I think it's, you know, kind of super important what we do right now. Right. And, you know, it definitely warrants, you know, I think businesses looking at at their risk management more often than they had in the past to control those costs.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to pull a uh, question that Colin Coward actually asked Tom Brady on on Tom Brady's podcast about a month or so ago. But I'm going to make it into our industry. Coward asked Brady if you could change one thing about the NFL. Like you have for one day, you have one rule that you can stamp and change, not necessarily rule, but you know what I mean. You can change one thing. You have the power to – Change one thing, what would it be? And, t- and t- Brady talked about he thinks that some of the new rules to protect players have made worse football. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that is now when guys go across the middle, if they get hit even close, like in, in a bad way, whether it's the head or, you know, blindside, whatever it is, the penalty bails them out. He goes, When I was first in the league, it was up to the quarterback to protect the players. I can't make that throw in there that I don't want to get my player killed. Like he said, he thought it has made people worse at football. Anyways, you, if you had the power to change one thing in our industry, it could be as little, as big as you want. What would you, what would you want to change in the insurance world? <sighs> and it, 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 uh, to, to, to preference or to clarify, it doesn't have to be a rule like, Oh, I wish, this industry's rates were lower like i'm not saying that no no way, it could be the way business is done it could be you think there's too much money spent on these uh you know big chamber events like you know, you know what i mean it could be anything right right um you have to think you can i can do the jeopardy theme song <laughs> so um i don't know i guess
1: um you know one of the things you could get some some really uh bad luck on the um on the work comp side true that affects your ability to, um, to get business, to stay profitable. So it could be, I mean, what do we have Uh, you know, we're currently, I don't know when people are listening to this, but in 2021, you know, we've probably lost about hundred thousand people to opioids. Well, opioids kind of leaks into the uh, workers comp and people get these jobs and they go out with a back injury. which you you really can't prove or disprove. So then that goes, and then they're out of work, which is what really drives uh, the the work comp um, experience mod, which can can affect a a company's ability to- um, For years. Right. So now we have um, this issue where you're desperate for people. I mean, it, it could just turn into a real difficult thing because it, you know so if i could find a way to take that part out of it i mean you really i guess you can't but it is crazy that if you get the some bad luck and you get somebody and then that somebody brings their friend in and then boom 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 you get some claims that destroy
0: you yep just because of what a couple individuals did it's almost like it would be nice if there was like a forgiveness act where Your accident forgiveness, right? Right. Exactly. Your entire history would matter. And it's Mm -hmm. something you can't, you know, file for this act yearly, but maybe each company one time in their history gets a chance to go in and say, Hey, this is clearly not a theme with our company. I want to, you know, file for the forgiveness act for our company on this claim or something like that. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, then there'd you be know? rules, like maybe you'd have to, you know, you can't file for the Forgiveness Act until your company's been in business for at least 10 years. And then, you know, you get to file for it, you know, every once every 20 years after that. Like, you know, what I mean, there'd be rules. It wouldn't be something that would like let any claim be, oh, oh well, hey, I can. Uh, that uh That's not you. We're not used to that. Like, this is our first time having someone's head chopped off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not right. Well, like, like right. if, I mean, if you're a clean company that just runs into a boom, 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 bad luck. And you have the ability to like, hey, let me erase this one to help, you know, keep us above water.
1: It's so difficult. I mean, to prove. Yep. I mean, you have your susp- suspicions and you know when, it, you know, like 85% that that's what the case was. But not much you could do about it. What you could do. And then you got to pay the price dearly.
0: Yes, you do. Well, Glenn, that's our time. Our That's time our time. All right, and uh, I appreciate everyone who listened, Glenn. I'm gonna turn this and, over to you. And close it down.
1: Well, yeah, and also I want to, you know, I really appreciate what um, uh, Three Seed Marketing has done for us because they really make this thing looks good. Without them, uh, you know, it'd be really difficult. So, you know, two thumbs up to them. Thank you very they much. They're the best.
0: They're um, we're the idiots that just get on here and talk. They're the ones that actually make it look good when it comes out to you guys. So we, I mean, they're they're incredible. Andrew, Courtney, John, all them. Absolutely. We appreciate everyone. And uh, my name's
1: Glenn Amaral. I'm Andy Phillips. And till next time, what's in your playbook? Be sure to um, to like us and comment on our social media platforms. Thank you very much.